Hello everyone and welcome to Kindy Rockstars. This is the show that gives you the stories behind the songs from some of the best bands and singers that are making fun, informative, educational, catchy, and occasionally silly songs for children and families. I'm your host, Patrick Adams, and each episode of Kindy Rockstars will feature an artist and a featured song. So let's get to this week's show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Kindy Rockstars. I have a couple really special guests tonight. Welcome, Randy and Dave, to the show. Hey, Patrick. Nice hey, Patrick. to have nice to have you both here. Um, so, tell everyone out there a little bit about yourselves, how you started making children's music. Dave, you want to start? You've got more history there than I do. Well, I've been doing children's music for a long time. I've written extensively for the Muppets and Disney and DreamWorks and Sesame Workshop. So. I sort of entered as a songwriter uh, quite some time ago, 35 years ago. Uh, and then I decided to be a recording artist as well. Fortunately for me, Jim Henson heard my first recording called Funarui and liked it and hired me to write the songs for a Muppet sing-along video called Billy Bunny's Animal Songs, which was well received. And I've kind of kept it going since then, writing for various companies on assignment. Um, and sometimes singing their material and sometimes touring to promote that material. And I love children and I've just been real lucky to, to transfer from pop music to children's music and have it be remunerative and so joyful. How about you, Randy? Uh, well, I've been a songwriter not a children's necessarily songwriter, but a songwriter since the 70s. Well, actually, since I was a kid, but uh, that's really been my calling since the 70s. And I've had a lot of songs recorded by various pop artists and a lot of country artists have recorded my things. And um, the only children's thing that happened was when I was writing for Warner Brothers in the 80s, um, the Muppets showed up and were doing uh, an album and um, they they asked me and Karen Brooks, someone I wrote with a lot in those days, to write something for Big Bird, which we did. And it got into one of the movies. And that was that was really one of the uh, that was the extent of my children's music career until a few years ago. Well, several years ago now, uh, I ran into Dave. And we were on the board of the Songwriters Guild together. And um, he, he asked me to do some engineering for him, which I also do. And um, on some of his songs, and we got close and got to be friends. And he hit me at a good time and that I was kind of looking for something to stretch. You know, I, I felt like I wasn't getting out of my safety zone enough. And and um, he'd played me a bunch of his stuff and I was real impressed with his work. And 
So uh, we agreed to start trying to write together for, for children, but not in the typical fashion. We were looking for something a little bit um, off the beaten path. Did we lose you, Dave, or did you just... Did my you cat hit my keyboard and I'm trying to <laughs> figure out. You'll get used to that, Patrick. All right. Um, we've we've had dogs and cats and others want to be yeah. a part of the show too. It's so uh, we started we started working um, pretty constantly. We had a standing uh, a meet at my studio, and we were just playing with some ideas and realized that the combination and <clears throat> Dave was kind of looking to stretch a little as well at that time. The combination of what we brought to the table created a real kind of unique silly perspective um i was in the back of my mind was always thinking of uh, the, a lot of the cartoon stuff i grew up on like bullwinkle and those those kind of shows where it was for children but it also had another little story underneath i mean you could definitely entertain uh, adults as well if they yeah. were paying attention so that was kind of our goal and you know we had a little kind of bart simpson character show up now and then that kind of scoundrel child that uh, always getting in trouble and and uh, there's there's bits of that throughout the albums and it was just fun and silly and um and the thing that i found that was the most freeing and uh the most stimulating was that unlike all the other forms of music that i'd worked in there was absolutely no rules about production or instrumentation or um how silly you could get or where the story could go and even into total nonsense. We've got a few of those um, and that are, that are just for the silliness of it, the fun of it. And I was able to use sounds, you know, like tubas and banjos and, and sound effects. And uh, it was so much fun in the production level. We got to do all kinds of stuff that I had never really got to play with before. So it's been fun. It's been one of the funnest things I've done actually. It's so cool to to hear about your history, because as a child of the late 70s and early 80s, the Muppets were, of course, a big part of most kids' lives. So how what was it like working with Jim Henson and, and the Muppets? That's you, Dave. Um, I met Jim Henson um, at the beginning of the year that he died, so I didn't get to know him like I wish I had been able to. Uh but my brief encounters with him were wonderful and hearing about him from the the staff my co-workers there uh he was a remarkably talented and gracious and nice guy and i remember one of the um, my co-workers said if jim didn't like something you did if you ever heard it he'd say hmm and then you knew you had something work to do <laughs> And I liked that. That's cool. You saw the good in people, but he didn't like praise something if it wasn't praiseworthy. So, so beware of that. Hmm. It's good. I might start using that. Yeah. <laughs> well, another another question I love to ask for somebody who's been you know in in the industry for uh, a long time is, what do you think of the evolution of you know, not only the music industry itself, but of kids' music, because, um, you know, there, there's some very famous, uh, I guess, artists, but not many 
I think that people can remember from like, you know, the eighties or maybe even the early nineties, but how has the evolution of, of all of this been for you both? Well, I know for me, I've, when I get real involved in, in projects like we have been in these, in these four CDs that we've done, um, I don't really pay attention to anything else. I don't track what other people are doing. Uh, Dave might some. I know he's he has more friends, long like long term relationships and friendships in that community, and knows a lot of those popular artists. But what works best for me, and I think the two of us got into this mode as well, is just going into the studio and locking the door, and just studying what we're working on, you know, and hope that we don't accidentally step on somebody else's ideas but i have not honestly been paying that close of attention not just of children's music but of all the forms of music mm-hmm. because it is evolving so quickly and the advent of the streaming and the right. you know the ready access and this this pretty awful trend of people thinking that if it's if it's out there it should be free to everyone no matter how much money you spent trying to put it together for them um, and that's always been somewhat of the case, but in the last couple decades, it has made it really, really difficult to, uh, to finance the next project as you're working along. Yeah. Patrick, I think I understand your question. Um, like Randy, when we do albums, we don't pay a lot of attention to, if any, to what else is going on around us. We're kind of old school, as you've probably noticed. Our lyric writing has some Broadway sensibilities. We actually think that a true rhyme resonates more wonderfully in the in the soul than does a sound alike. We we like uh, prosody, you know, the artful way the lyrics sit against the music. We I studied songwriting for 25 years with the great Jack late great Jack Siegel, who wrote "When Sunday Gets Blue" and "Scarlet Ribbons for Her Hair" and the like. Randy, to my knowledge, you've never had a songwriting teacher. People come to you for advice. But I, go ahead. No, that's true. No, I just, mine was kind of just, I was a, I was a Beatle baby. And that, if anything, I would credit them with teaching me the most because they were so prolific and went so many different directions. And that probably is what, um, um, not just them, but that whole 60s music scene is what, kept me hungry for new stuff and encouraged me when you, when you came along with this opportunity to write in a whole other genre. Um, I, I was already looking for, well, you know, I've done the country stuff and I've done some pop stuff and I've done this and some folk stuff and um, which I love all of it, but you don't want the next thing you do to sound like the last thing you do, or at least I don't. And I know you don't, because that's been one of our biggest challenges going through these these four different uh, projects is how do we how can we be the same two guys doing this fun stuff and not repeat ourselves and uh, it's been a challenge and I'm, I'm real proud to say that I think we've managed. Patrick, I'd like to give you a little glimpse into what it's like to write a song with Randy Sharp. First of all, we're in the same room when we write it, which is cool. Well, now we're not because he moved, but we still do Zoom and still write songs and still have the same dynamic. It's not quite as 
wonderful as being in the same room, but we're on the same screen. Uh, I will have a line that I absolutely love. And so I'll move on to another line in my head and I'll see Randy with a pensive look on his face. And I'll say, Randy, what are you thinking? He said, I'm working on line two of the bridge. I said, line two of the bridge, man, that's one of the best things I think we've ever done. He said, I think we can beat it. That's what he says. I think we can beat it. And so I stopped because he is Randy Sharp and he wouldn't say, I think we can beat it unless he thought we could. And by golly, when I realized what was behind his statement, I think we can beat it. A world opens up to me to, to show me we can. We weren't because every line you write takes up a certain amount of space in your story and it has to earn its keep. It has to support the song in every way. Every note has to sound right. Every lyric has to be right. And if a line that I thought was perfect isn't perfect, Randy Sharp is the one who knows about that stuff. So working with him has made me so much of a better songwriter. Um, I'm a huge Randy Sharp fan, but it's kind of also sobering after so many years of my being a professional songwriter to be with someone who says, I think we can beat it when I'd already signed off on it 20 minutes ago. <laughs> it's like, where have I been all my life? <laughs> but that's, that's the joy of collaborating. You've got two brains, two hearts, two souls, two senses of humor working on it. And man, we've come up with some stuff we're really proud of. Awesome. All right, well, let, let's dig into one of those songs. Uh, we're going to talk about our featured song from the two of you called Other Than That from the wonderfully named album Giggle and Burt Ballet. So tell me a little bit about the whole process of, of putting that song together. Randy, that song was your idea. Why don't you tell us about this one? Well, it started, I might have brought it to the room, but it was definitely both of us on that one. Um, it's just kind of based on that old sort of silly thing we've all grown up hearing from time to time that, you know, somebody rattles off everything that's that's gone bad in their life. <laughs> and the conclusion is, well, other than that, it, everything's fine. You know, I mean, just something that you hear people say. And um, Dave and I both are real, real proud of the fact that I would say all of our, our uh, lyrics that we've written together come from natural conversation. We try to sound like you talk. We, we, you know, it, it shouldn't sound too pompous or too uh, academic or, or, you know, too anything. It should just sound like people the way they really communicate. And putting your brain in that place and then sort of mining that language, you come up with a lot of these sort of phrases, you know, and you catch people in conversation doing that. You know, my car broke down and my dog ran off and my <laughs> girlfriend's mad at me. And, but other than that, I'm doing great. You know? <laughs> so we tried to think of some of the silliest examples of what you might, you might uh, say to make that silly point. And that's where this all started. Very good. All right. Well, let's check this song out. Here it is, Randy and Dave. Other than that. I've got an itch I can't quite reach. Lost one flip-flop at the beach. Cell phone has a nasty crack. Brand new boomerang won't come back. 
dropped my pizza in the dirt Popped another button off my shirt Wi-Fi signal up and quit My brother's still a nitwit Other than that Other than that Other than that Everything's all good Nothing working out like I wish it would But other than that Other than that Ten cents short for the ice cream truck Same little branch, failed to duck Forgot the tax, we're on the chair Remembered with my derriere I flunked at what I once got A's in Thought a dead bug was a raisin Swallowed my gum, now I'm in trouble Every time I burp I blow a bubble Other than that Other than that other than that, everything's all good Nothing working out like I wish it would But other than that Other than that Fish start biting out of bait Stomach's mad at what I ate But other than that I've been snorkeling, lost the flipper Still in wetsuit, broken zipper But other than that Other than that I left my homework on the bus Favorite teacher heard me cuss Love my music, neighbors don't Dog ran on, but my sister won't Other than that Other than that other than that, everything's all good Nothing working out like I wish it would Other than that Other than that Other than that Other than that, other than that. Everything's all good Nothing working out like I wish it would But other than that Other than that But other than that Other than that That was Other Than That And I hope everybody really enjoyed that song I love it uh, so let everybody know where they can find, stream, download, buy that song, and how they can connect with you both on social media and your website. Well, the music is available on all the streaming services. You can also go to songwizard.com and select Randy and Dave and see the lyrics and listen to snippets of the songs. So those are the two main ways to find out who we are and what we do. Excellent. All right. What's in store for Randy and Dave for the rest of 2022? Well, we have a standing uh, uh, songwriting get together on uh, Skype or Zoom, whatever's easiest that day. Um, and, and every Tuesday, we try to do it every Tuesday to see if anybody's come up with any more goofy ideas we could uh, explore. <laughs> And we've kept that going, even though for the last three years, I've uh, I moved out of the L.A. area and I'm living up in the, the San Joaquin Valley uh, foothills. But we're not that far apart. In fact, Dave's made it up here and we've done some writing up here. But mostly we're, we're doing it now uh, through the Internet and um, still struggling along trying to do that. You know, as much fun as it is, it's also a difficult thing to do, especially if you intend to make it as good as you can make it. Um, but we both have discovered that there's nothing like a really hard one finally coming together 
the, just how, what a pleasure that is to, to feel like you've accomplished something like that. And we're addicted to it. So we'll carry on doing that, I'm sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, I want to thank you both so much for coming on the show. It was an absolute honor having you on. Uh, and best of luck with everything. And I hope to talk to you again soon. Thank Thanks. you very much, Patrick. Thank you.